My name is Matt Brown. Stop! Rollins toward the cover! Hooks the leg, wraps the arm, Rollins does it! Here is your winner, and the new world heavyweight champion, Seth Freaking Rollins! And let's start the show. because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Wednesday, May 31st, your final day of May, 2023. We are on the brink of June. It's nice and warm. We are at the very, very beginning of summer, and... We all want to say, let's make this a great summer. Let us have a wonderful summer. We're going to have the best summer possible. Well, it's up to you to actually make it happen. So let us start the opportunity to have a great summer ahead. And we'll start it off with a podcast regarding WWE Night of Champions on this midweek podcast. And before we talk about Night of Champions and react to stuff that is going on in the world of WWE, and hit on some other things regarding the world of wrestling, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out our exclusive content across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdCovoPod, TikTok at Productive Conversations, and we're on Facebook at Productive Conversations as well. And of course, check us out on YouTube at Productive Conversations. So wrestling 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 as we complete this month that we did a lot of podcasts this month i mean seriously what a win for everybody in here a lot of nba and it has been a very good nba postseason for sure as the finals tip off tomorrow and we will have an nba finals preview tomorrow the denver nuggets versus the miami heat we covered ufc 288 we did a tweet cap we introduced jeterman one on the podcast we reviewed succession and or we should say we reviewed the succession finale and then we did Topic Thunder. We introduced a brand new game show. So let us complete the month with a wrestling podcast. And then right away, starting tomorrow, we will start the month of June, Pride Month, uh, the first full month of summer. A lot of things to be excited for there. But focusing on today, WWE Night of Champions. It took place on Saturday, the 27th, taking place in Saudi Arabia. So it was a beautiful Saturday afternoon here in the Northeast, in the tri-state area. I watched it on an iPad, watching some baseball, and the show itself with me. And I'll get more into it as the show progresses. But I thought the show was boring. Um... Despite 
anytime you can watch wrestling on a Saturday afternoon before your Saturday night to get you pumped up for your Saturday night activities. And it wasn't an awful show, and it wasn't even that bad. It, it, I wouldn't even say it was a bad show. It was just boring up until the last two matches. The main event itself really was a highlight. And, yeah, that's that was really it. But <laughs> it is what it is, right? So let us put all our thoughts and reaction into this podcast. Ryan Page is joining us, the professional internet commentator for wrestling that he is, and does a great job at it. Follow at RPP95 on Twitter to see all the great stuff he's doing. And then, yeah, focusing on all things Night of Champions and a little other wrestling stuff, and it's going to be a great show. So let's get into it. Ryan and AJ, it's your guys' turn. Let's react to WWE Night of Champions. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. WWE's Night of Champions is in the books. It took place on Saturday night, or this past Saturday afternoon, I should say. We saw a popular faction look like they truly are on the brink of breaking up for real this time. We saw some championships change hands. We saw a newly crowned champion in the meantime. We saw two people who we know are going to keep fighting, and they just had the next chapter of the rivalry. And it all led to a night of champions, which was fine. It was fine. Uh, I have Ryan Page here. Daily DDT writer, wrestling commentator. What's up, Ryan? How's it going, man? Yep, contributor, Daily DDT, and last word on sports pro wrestling. Uh, there's two of them, so I have to make sure I mention them both. Of course. Uh, <laughs> excellent, excellent stuff there, Ryan. Glad to have you as always. So you and I made some predictions on this match, uh, or I should say this event, this card, premium yeah, live the event. Whole the whole card. Now that it's done and in the books, Tell me your initial thoughts of the event as a whole. Well, first, I got all of them, which is important, impressive, because if you've been <laughs> following our wrestling crew, I've, I've been atrocious at my WrestleMania picks like the last three years. Um, so I'm glad I was able to get 100% uh, on these uh, guesses today or Saturday, rather. Uh, you said the show was fine. I think I, I rewatched the show. Yeah. Twi- I've seen the show twice. I actually thought the show was, it was fine. good. Um, if it was given out a... Uh, so I do my... Re- if I do it out of 10, I'd give it a... Six. Okay. That's, and, I mean, and, and off that's the bat, right. I would say the main event was really good. Really, really good. I think Cody and Brock underachieved, but was fine. <laughs> I thought Oscar and Bianca was good. I thought Becky and Trish was all over the place. I thought um, Rhea and and Natalia, you know, what a joke that was. And, um, you know, Gunther and Ali, you know, he did that beat down. That was fine. And then um, my miss and then Seth and AJ was was good. Um, so, so that's what I, I actually had a, diff- I had a different, I mean, going through them, I actually had a different thought. The main event was fine. I thought it was good. The ending of the, like the, yeah. the what happened at the end of the main event, the, the story of the main all. event was amazing. The match, I mean, Roman Reigns for my money has not been particularly entertaining in the professional wrestling ring for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about Roman Reigns matches. Um, 
or the Usos for that matter. Uh, so, and I know some people disagree with that, but I think if we're being honest with ourselves at this point, the bloodline is about the moments after or before the match and is not about yeah. the matches themselves. The matches are formulaic and a little boring, but it was a good bloodline match. You know, Sammy and Kevin, obviously very good. Roman is very good. This is not an indictment on any of their abilities to wrestle. It's just, they've been booked to do the same thing for three years. It's for sure. Boring. And you mind um, if we stick to the bloodline right here? Sure, we'll and stay then we'll there go for now. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, bloodline match. And something I told you right before we signed off in our preview, this has to end. It's getting dull. And especially the Sammy and KO aspect, they mm-hmm. have to go to the legit tag team division and defend yeah. it against, you know, some tag teams that WWE has been, criticized for not for having a weak tag team division and it's improving mightily and they got to now put that in there you know they have to start that part of the rivalry and if you for some reason even though i'm glad i was wrong i thought they would give the titles back to the bloodline then there is literally no point to have sammy and ko team up as quote-unquote a tag team it's just for the story of the bloodline story but it's nice to see them branch out or at least so it seems as we see them um preparing to go up against Imperium. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the Imperium well, stuff is going to be it good. Seems. It seems. Yeah. Um, on Raw, it certainly was implied heavily that Imperium is next. <laughs> Judgment Day will probably find its way into that mix at some point on Raw. I'll be honest, though. This whole thing, uh, the tag team, you know, when the tag team titles were still involved in the bloodline, I, I thought I didn't like that, but it did it did keep a problem that they now have to address from being addressed with Sammy and Kevin were drafted to raw. They are a raw team yet because they hold both titles, they are allowed to, and I suppose required to appear on SmackDown to defend those titles. I haven't seen a single SmackDown team, and Fantasy SmackDown has a much weaker division than Raw. Um, but I haven't seen a single SmackDown team that looks like they're in contention for these titles. Right now, again, it's Imperium, and then it's Judgment Day. Uh, SmackDown, the, the like, I mean, the heel teams on SmackDown are what? There's a Hit Row, mm-hmm. um, Pretty Deadly. Are the Viking Raiders on SmackDown? Probably. I thought they were on Raw. Um, I'll they might be. Real quick. Um, the Viking Raiders, a team with a demoted cool tag team name. <laughs> they, they, everyone who is upset about the Viking Raiders, remember, they were the Viking experience at one point. So <laughs> this is not a demotion. It's actually a promotion from Viking experience. But, but they were also War Machine, and that's actually a cool name. Yeah, well, I mean, and their names were cooler too. Hanson and Roe versus Eric and Ivar. Like, yes, this the motion from War Machine, but uh, and better yes, than Vikings. Confirm they are on Raw, by the way. Oh, they're on Raw. Okay, so I I can't even name a third heel team on SmackDown. Um, so I, the tag division being strong right now, I think is a bit not real. Um, mm-hmm. just being completely honest with you, um. I think SmackDown's got a really weak tag division. Uh, a lot of baby faces, which is good. New Day, uh, Street Profits, the club. Um, but uh, that's it. That's that's who they got. And Raw really has about two teams as well, when you think about it. Two real, like, 
teams. Uh, you got the Chad Gable, Otis, that stuff, and the maximum male models. But mostly you've got Judgment Day and you've got uh, Imperium. Uh, so I thought, and I thought this for a while, that they were going to somehow, you know, King Solomon this thing for Sammy and Kevin, but they didn't do that. And I don't know what they're going to do, but they have to figure out soon because this muddled booking, I mentioned this on the preview, is hurting Sammy Zane. And I mean, I get that he wasn't in their plans. He's not someone that they were like, we must protect Sammy, and that's fine. But they should try a little bit to keep this momentum. <laughs> like they shouldn't just let it go away. And so they really do need to figure out their tag division. Um, and now they have the opportunity, whereas before they weren't even trying because it was always going to be Sammy versus Roman again. You know what I mean? But I also think that that means that now that they are no longer doing that, they have to look at the facts that their division, while consisting of a lot of teams, does not feel like a fully fleshed division. And part of that is because of the unified title. Um, that's just a, that's just a fact. Now, maybe they'll create another a SmackDown specific tag team title. I don't think so. I don't think there's enough teams to do that. But um, I, I do think the that, WWE tag team championship. Yeah, exactly. That's my thought. Exactly. But um, I just really don't. I think that there's an issue there. Um, same issue they had with the the heavyweight title. And while Sammy and Kevin are more than willing to be on both shows, it's muddying their characters up. And we saw this even a little bit in the lead up to Night of Champions because they were building to Imperium and Judgment Day before Night of Champions. So they were building two separate feuds, both on Raw, while feuding with a SmackDown team of Roman and Solo. Um, but And, so- and it, was, it, it is acknowledged here that they are somewhat free agent likes because they can go to both shows. Right. And again, that whole thing is stupid because a, why wouldn't they just be free agents? That's an actual distinction they made this year um, that people have used. Von Wagner has appeared on multiple shows in case anybody wants to know about that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Ali has just appeared on NXT tonight uh, while we are recording. Um, so he's using the free agent. So like, the free agent is a real distinction. So if you needed to make them free agents, they should have just made them free agents. Um, but again, we're getting into the draft being stupid, which is not the main takeaway from this match. I don't want to get into that. The main takeaway, of course, is the ending with Jimmy Uso telling Jay Uso that he was going to do what Jay should have done a long time ago. Which is definitely true. Yeah. And he took out Roman Reigns. Um they took out they together awesome took out solo kick. by accident, but they hit him not once but twice with the super kick. Um, Jimmy to Roman. Um, and that ultimately ended up ending the match as well. Um, and that's why Roman lost. But uh, yeah, we talked about this before. Roman needed to lose to set this up. We needed Roman needed to lose to get to the end of the bloodline. Um, they didn't want it to be Cody. Don't really know why, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this match that we, we saw and the story that they told, frankly, did not require the world titles the world titles in my opinion are win you know our window dressing at this point for this feud which is a shame but it is what it is uh we did get there and i'm glad we got there uh we're clearly going to see the the battle lines of the usos versus roman and solo solo is going to have to choose between his brothers and his cousin and I, I i mean i think there could be some really interesting stuff and i think this could even revitalize roman reigns because i mean if we're really looking at wrestlemania for him to drop these titles, and it seems very likely that we are now. 
um, be so it to long. Cody or Jay or whomever. Um, Gunther. It won't be Gunther. Um, I think that what we'll see, though, is when if that happens and Roman is alone, if we get this almost like uh, Mad King Roman, uh, the tribal chief without a tribe, but he's on a tear anyway by himself for a few months, um, I think that could be really compelling. I think if he loses the title earlier and he becomes the challenger at WrestleMania 40, which I think would be the more interesting way to go. They're not going to do that, but it would be interesting nonetheless. And, you know, again, he's by himself and he's more aggressive and he's more deadly, a little bit more shield, right? Uh, A little more like silent killer. Um, I think that could all be very interesting. And this is all a way to get there. So I thought this was great. I thought that, um, although I will say, I see a lot on wrestling Twitter, the, the cinema tweets referring to the bloodline. And I want your opinion. You know, you're a movie guy. They're being ironic, right? With oh, every time when I see Jay cinema. turn around, this is cinema. Yeah, this the, is um, um, with Sammy hitting the chair. This is cinema. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, that's that's I actually correct. here's. I think <laughs> it's so weird because it is wrestling, and I do think bloodline. This bloodline story in particular really does. It really does play well. All right, cinematic is not the word, but definitely narratively, I, it's weird. So I think some of the beats of this story, if you will, are legitimately like again. I don't want to use the word cinematic because I'm 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 gonna I'm thinking of a big screen with tight yeah. camera angles and a soundtrack, but in a terms of being entertaining, like. I guess oh, it's not as catchy. This but... is entertaining. There are some legit beats, especially Sammy's turn, um, Sammy's yeah. true turn on the Royal Rumble. That really hellacious match they had—well, not hellacious, but very em- emotional match, if you will—at mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber. I think some of it does warrant it, but I guess um, I don't you know, for this, think... for the sake of of a, of a Gen Z millennial take on things to spit it we'll see we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll say it's fine because again know. there I are think, some I mean, cool spots but it's just sure it's but just the performances, so stretches yeah the performances good. of the actual performer the actual the acting yeah. of the promos yeah none of that is cin- cinematic um and the beats again i think that unfortunately I, I, I will say one thing though i think the kevin owens he makes a legitimately great point. Some really good writing from Kevin. Well, he says good, yeah. so. He's the most. If you, if we Jay want to use also, the I think, very good. He's getting better and better. Jay Uso is. Yeah, uh, you know, I we, think we, Jay Uso is actually a better actor than Roman Reigns, by the way, which is ironic, given which one of them is attempting to do the Hollywood thing. But um, <laughs> and that's one thing I we love talk, or at least I love talking about. Like, who legitimately has the acting chops in wrestling? We all know number Jay one is Batista. Is and he, Jay oh yeah, Jay's is, a Jay's. Jay overacts a, a little, little bit. bit, but for the most part, I think Jay is actually of the all of the people in the story. I think he's playing his role and acting the best. Um, just again for my money, um, but I, I get the cinema things. I see a lot of that. I'm like it's not all right. It's not cinema. Again, unfortunately, cinema. and you put Mark since Wrestlemania, picture in there. Yeah, yeah. Since uh, WrestleMania too, a lot of these story beats have missed. I mean, oh, yeah. all of like, the beats, again, that's what all of the beats through, through log. Yeah, all of the beats through backlash missed. Um, you know what I mean? 
that's just a I fact. Do. None of that was interesting. But um, I digress. Uh, another important, you know, obviously the ending. We've talked about that. Uh, what that means going forward. Battle lines are drawn. I think it'll, we can't sit here and say for sure when it's going to happen because we don't know Roman's schedule. He may be at Money in the Bank. He might not be. Well, did you uh, see you know they I mean? released a schedule just a it, couple hours ago? Yeah, with him, WWE, assuming they weren't lying like they did with, what was it, Fayetteville, South Carolina, where they yeah. did advertise him. And Roman was like, oh, I'm not going. Um, We just wanted to say we messed up. But <laughs> by yeah, I have it literally right here. Again, assuming they they didn't, even though they literally did this before with the South Carolina. Card change, of course, but that's fine. True, true. So at least as at this moment, tweeted by WWE nine hours ago and Paul Heyman specifically, okay. we have dates here for, they're not allowed, I can literally name them off. We have them coming to SmackDown on the 2nd of June, that's this Friday. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after that in Lexington, Kentucky. Wow, a house show in Cincinnati that Saturday. Okay. Then SmackDown and the SmackDown before um the SmackDown before Money, Money in the Bank in London on the 30th, which we will cover by the way. Stay tuned for that. Money in the Bank, he will be there. Then he'll be in New York City for the SmackDown after Money in the Bank. And then two weeks after that in Orlando, another super show in Mexico. And then the SmackDown before from, okay, so he will be at the week before SmackDown in New Orleans, but he won't be at the SmackDown before SummerSlam, according to this. All right, so you see now, what is his match so only- SummerSlam? That he doesn't need to build it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's really hard. My point being that it's really hard to predict a blood, the Bloodlines future because Roman is a, is a moving target um, yeah. in terms of what he's going to do and when. Um but I do obviously again. We're going to see a version of Usos versus Roman and Solo, and then that's going to diverge into some other story um, via Jay and Roman. Maybe Jimmy gets the first crack at Roman, and that's what gets Jay in there. Maybe Solo turns on Roman. There's a, different, a couple different ways they can go. Um, but and that's what you wonder too. And yeah, but the next step I think is clear, and they're going to build to that probably for Money in the Bank. But who knows? Uh, and that's the tag team that. The, the sides are drawn, you know, Roman and Solo, Jimmy and Jay. You know, they did a lot of, you know, in this match and in the lead up to this match that we saw, a lot of like, you know, you're not the greatest tag team. The Usos aren't the greatest tag team. The Usos saying, as the day one, you know, we're, you know, we're the tribal chief. There said, ain't I'm no the day one no more. Yeah. There All ain't that no stuff. day one no more. Yeah. So they've made it very clear that the this, this phase of the story is about you know, the Usos reclaiming the mantle as the best tag team in their family, which is true, by the way. Uh, you know, there's a lot of tag teams in that family, a lot of very famous ones. And I think the Usos at the end of their career will have twice as many accolades and twice as much acclaim as any of them. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's the direction that this had this headed. And we also talked about Sammy and Kevin needing more challengers and they need to figure out the tag division. I'll just say this, though. Uh, Sammy appearing at this show was shocking. Some would even say it was hypocritical, given his past uh, comments about never performing in Saudi Arabia. Obviously, the politics around Syria have changed. But this was, and I'm saying this not as not as disrespectful, but just as factual. This was some A-class sports washing. 
and you're referring, you're referring Sammy to the entrance specific. of Zami going in his. I don't want to be dis. What's the we're gonna just say religious? He's saying, he's speaking, he's speaking Arabic. Well, he's speaking Arabic to the crowd, and he also wore. Oh yeah, he wore traditional garb. Um, yep. as well, but um. Because they did a bunch of it, you know, beautiful Jeddah, and you know, the Falcon is. I know the Falcon is the national bird of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, they told me that on commentary instead of calling the match, uh, and that was all gross. And that's all the same stuff we come to expect from the PR machine that is WWE trying to make us fall in love with Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and it doesn't More work. Than the US never, government, <laughs> yeah, and it's never worked. Uh, it's always been the point that I dislike that other people dislike. You know, it's why some people don't cover the show is why people don't talk about the show or do talk about the show but only in a negative way it's, it's stuff like that like talking about you know michael cole telling us about the falcon no one wants to know about that but sammy Zayn, when he came out and he said i mean basically he said i looked up a, a rough translation is you know we have an arabic champion we're in saudi arabia we're gonna do this in arabic and that was what he was saying and he introduced himself and kevin owens um after saying that in Arabic and the crowd went absolute bananas. They went bananas for Sami Zayn the whole time. Um, so it proved to me, a, I don't understand clearly didn't understand the, uh, the Syria, Saudi Arabia bit. Like I clearly don't know what was going on there, but cause those people love Sami Zayn. Absolutely loved Sami Zayn. Uh, that's number one. And number two is Sammy was able to show, He's a Henry Kissinger for Syria and Saudi Arabia. I think he he would take incredible offense to that comparison, I believe. Uh, but uh, I will say that. Just being the peacemaker, you know. Normalized, uh, Henry Kissinger was not a peacemaker. We won't get into that. This is a wrestling podcast. Uh, but uh, um, then I might have mixed that yeah. up. I thought he was a peacekeeper with the. Uh, no, he was the secretary of state. So he probably. Anyway. We're getting too too deep into politics here. Um, Who, but he all did, I was well, saying, is, I was just he's. I thought he was a peacekeeper. That's what I meant. I clearly gotcha. I must have used the wrong historical That's figure. Right. My point is that he, meaning Sami Zayn, really kind of normalized to American audiences to Saudi Arabian people. And in fairness, that is something that gets lost in this this kind of discourse. Like the folks who come to these shows, they're always hot for these shows. They want to watch the wrestling and they, they want to watch Bianca as well. You know, they, they want to watch the women. They want to watch the men. They want to watch everybody. They want to see WWE. They love WWE. Um, they're not the ones, meaning the fans that we're watching in these arenas, are not the ones who are committing human rights violations. In fact, sometimes they're the very people who are having their rights trampled. Um, by the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, but the way that it was presented and the way Sammy humanized the entire kingdom and everybody in that arena, I was like, it, I mean, it made me, again, I, maybe I was like, Oh, a awesome. To see Sammy in front of a hot crowd. Like we thought Montreal was big. This was almost as big um, in terms of reaction. They loved him uh, and Jeddah and B it, it really did kind of, soften the whole experience i think the entire card it softened all of the propaganda from before all of the commercials and stuff i didn't have to watch them because i have premium but other people have to watch the saudi uh commercials uh, if you didn't like have premium <laughs> yeah like matt matt had to watch the saudi uh saudi tourism commercials um it was it, it really did and so i mean i don't know if that was his intent he might be very upset at me saying that and that's fine certainly can do that but it was very effective 
use of sports. And I know that sports air quotes because it's professional wrestling, but it's very effective use of sports and entertainment to gloss over some very hard truths. And it, it was very effective. I think that this was probably the most effective WWE has been since its first show at doing that, um, which I do think, Again, not not really a WWE goal. I don't think WWE cares if it does this, but it's definitely a Saudi Arabia goal. And so they definitely got their money's worth out of this main event alone, in my opinion. And are we going to see this trend of, you know, WWE superstars being from a foreign country? And like we saw with Classic Champions, with Drew and all that love there. Oh, we always, um, they do that. Any, Puerto Rico, do that. Bad Bunny. And then, you know, really showing the put the world in world wrestling entertainment. I believe there's yeah. going to be an Indian yeah. and a uh, there's going to be a premium event in India. So Jinder Mahal is going to get another they gotta, title. They got got to heat up in this year. That's that's just, that's going to fight there. They're going to just heat up in this year. They can get Jinder back to that world title scene just for the <laughs> India show. Um, <laughs> um, uh, no, but yeah, they, they're an international company. They try to showcase mm-hmm. their international stars. I think they'll continue to do that. They've also done some work. Um, granted, this was very special circumstances, but Shinsuke Nakamura returning to uh, uh, Japan mm-hmm. to wrestle the Great Muda in his retirement tour of the Japanese territory, of the Japanese companies like New Japan, All Japan, etc. Um, so I think WWE is trying to build that global uh feel and they're definitely doing a lot in the uk i mean this is you know they used, used to never have uk shows now they've had their own branded pay-per-view and one of the big five i mean i know there's a big four but money the bank is bigger mm-hmm. than survivor series i know you can't just remove survivor series so i call it a big five but money the bank is clearly one of the biggest shows they have because of that gimmick um and so that and that's in london i mean come on uh the james bond theme they went for right before they showed the commercial right before the main event that was corny don't love oh, that yeah. but i mean other right than on that, the brink you know quick thing i i texted you how Matthew McFadden should we be talked the next about show. It in succession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect leeway for that. Um, Check okay. that out. How it went out Monday. Yes, yes. Today. Right. No, yeah. Check our succession review of the succession finale. But um, as you were saying, yeah, I guess, honestly, with what you were saying and to bring it to a head, I think it's just another way just to show off the corporate giant you are, get your money show off, hit all your audiences for, I think, you know, it is definitely admirable. You're trying to have everyone be represented fairly and show how diverse your company is. And I think, I think all that was just an, a way to show, you know, mm. look, one more thing. I know we, we have to, I do. We have to get to other matches, of course, but one more thing in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, WWE put on three women's wrestling matches. Yeah. That's more wrestling that from women then we're on AEW's double or nothing pay-per-view the same weekend WWE brought women to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and featured them more prominently than AEW uh, I think anyone who's listened knows that Alex uh, from our panel who couldn't be here today is more of the AEW guy than I am but uh, that needs to be corrected yeah. if, AEW, if anyone Tony. who likes AEW or God, 
you know, God forbid works at AW, right? Not God forbid, but you know, we'd be so fortunate to have an AW employee listening. That needs to be like pronto corrected because they went into a place where women cannot drive and featured right. women more prominently than you did in Las Vegas. So like <laughs> just throwing that out there um, for all of the, for all of the bad, all of the bad that comes with these Saudi shows, there is some sliver of good if you squint real hard. Um, and so I think that that's something to consider um, if you're trying to feel good about watching it. Like, you know, we are since we're covering it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, one last thing on the bloodline story. Mm-hmm. And if we're really going to extend this, I really hope it completely ends at SummerSlam. But if we're really going to extend this all the way till WrestleMania in April 2024, just 10 months away at least add some new characters in it. And by saying that, are we going to see a Rikishi show up? Are we going to see a, there is a four, there is a fourth Uso, right? There's four of them. There's obviously Jimmy J. That's what I'm saying. That's what they're all Usos. They all, they're, they're Rikishi's children. Yes. And there's, there's another one. Let me just confirm let me just confirm that really quick. Whether, you know, it doesn't have to be a wrestler per se, but as long as someone is a figurehead, here's a lot of money for it. There's actually five children. There's five yeah, children. But you don't want to just throw kids into this. You, It needs to make sense. Rikishi can make sense because there's there's about to be a, a, a fight between Jimmy J and Solo. Those are his sons. So Rikishi coming in to try and play Peacemaker to get, you know, taken out by Roman for interfering in tribal chief matters. I think that could be a compelling story. Be I think throwing, you know, three random Samoan children into this just because they're related to somebody would be a bad move. Uh, but Rikishi makes sense because again, he wants his kids to stop fighting. We don't know that, but you presume he would want his children to stop fighting in the story. And so it makes sense from a narrative perspective that he would finally step in and say, Jimmy, Jay, Solo, you know, your family, you're my, you know, you're my kids, you're my bloodline. And, you know, I won't have you guys tearing each other apart and then have Roman come in and do something dastardly, maybe to turn Solo on him or maybe to cement Solo, you know, maybe he makes Solo do it, cementing Solo as the big bad, uh, you know, that he's meant to be. So we'll see. I think that Rikishi could get involved. I think it would be very interesting. And I think it would freshen up at least a few weeks of television. Yeah, which will be good. Yeah. And we don't see Paul Heyman turning at any point. Right? No, I think Paul he's been Heyman. has kind of quiet, quiet the past few weeks of this narratively. Yeah. I think Paul Heyman is going to end up, uh, well, depend if Brock's retiring soon, he may get back together with Brock for one last ride into retirement. Um, but I could see Paul Heyman making Wiseman. solo Sokoa, solo Sokoa, a Paul Heyman guy when this is all said and done. I could see Solo getting Paul Heyman's treatment. I could see Solo retiring Brock Lesnar. Um, ultimately, uh, I think they That'd see him cool. in that guard as, regard as well. And so I could see, you know, Paul sticking with Solo instead of Roman. And that could be his betrayal of the tribal chief, um, you know, because they'll all end up betraying him. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. I hear that, man. I hear that. So, Moving on, Seth Rollins became your new world heavyweight champion mm-hmm. with a pretty solid match against AJ yeah. Styles. Tell me about Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins, I should Seth say, being the Rollins. being the new champs. Well, I'm going to call him just Seth Rollins for now. Um, it sucks that this went first. 
Um, obviously, we know why I went first because we were doing the bloodline exploding at the end. Mm-hmm. But um, this, if, if that didn't scream, this is the secondary title. I don't know what does. Yeah. Um, obviously, Seth won. We pretty much knew he was going to win. He's the only Raw superstar competing for Raw's top title. Um, I think he'll do well. He did well on Raw. He's heading in. I don't know. I wish I was more excited about that. I mean, this was the title growing up, right? You, you you grew up same era of wrestling as I do. We both had the we both had the, the fake replica belts, and we both had the world heavyweight championship belt. Fact, that's a fact. Every kid I knew growing up had big gold as their replica belt. Not the WWE title, not even the spinner, unless you had a lot of money. If you could get the spinner, and you had a lot of money and got like the real replica belt, that was different. But for kid, like kid, people who were kids when we were kids watching wrestling, big gold was the title that we had on our you know, on our shoulder when we did the trampoline wrestling, don't try this at home and all that stuff. But um, I just think that it's a real shame that I, I get why they did it. And I do think that if anyone can make this mean something, it's Seth. I think he can have enough good matches with enough people. If they can find enough challengers, which I'm not sure they can to, to rescue this, but the match honestly was good, but not great. It wasn't like, Mm-hmm. mind-blowing it was not just it was very good but it wasn't like Mesmerized. i kind of was hoping that they would have this classic because they wanted to heat up this title and they definitely tried and there was definitely moments where i was like oh wow but for the most part this was you know just a very very solid opening match um which is great it's what they needed it to be but it didn't make me believe that seth's like a real champion <laughs> um i mean even on raw ray was like you this, you're just holding a title. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the, I'm the top champion. She said, I'm the top champion around here. That we're ignoring, she has the SmackDown Women's Championship. On the ball, <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm the top champion. What is WWE here. just gonna say? Brand split doesn't matter. Just kidding. Well, AJ came out and did a match, so I think it was yesterday. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm down on this match, not because the match wasn't good. It was very good. I'm just down on everything around this match. I guess if that makes sense. If you haven't watched the match, go watch it for sure. Um, Could have been better. Simple as that. Could have been better. Well, yeah, the build up to it could have been better. Just the whole deal around it could have been better. The match itself was very good. will be entertaining if you watch it. But everything before was just to me, so many missed opportunities, just so many confusing bits. And so that's that's unfortunately where I landed on it. And it did bring down my enjoyment of the entire thing, like the entire package. I enjoyed it less, which is a shame because the match was pretty good. Right. And again, you just didn't know the direction they were going with this with this tournament and everything like that. And also what is set what is Seth's schedule going to be? As well, yeah, he's still going to be around more than Roman. I said that last time. I, I I maintain that. So in terms of, well, will he even be around? Yes, he'll be around enough. I don't think it will feel like he's not around. Uh, they will they will make it far less obvious that Seth isn't in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, my opinion. Yeah, I guess it is just. It's always just going to be an awkward vibe with this special event, any of the Saudi events. Maybe that was what it turned into be maybe maybe that was part of it i i really do think it was the build though more so than where it was taking place mm-hmm. and again you have two generational superstars who are supposed to be something you know 
they're Hall of Famers and two Hall of Famers who are still in great shape. You just wish there was more. What are you going to do? Now, this match that was boring, I didn't like whatsoever. And um, I didn't realize at the time when we did the preview, I realized how much I hated this aspect of the feud going into this match as soon as I was watching it. But the fact that you had a broken arm match (laughs) and all he did was this throughout the whole time. Like, like, what am I supposed to? Uh, is that for the kids? Like, honestly, is that for the kids that um are watching this and want to no. see a baby fist? So person? they they screwed themselves because on Raw, and I thought it was really well done. It was overacted because Cody is cheesy, but it was very good. Um, Man, I fell down to my knees. <laughs> he Triple H was like, "Your arm is broken. We need to get it checked out." Cody said, Cody said no. And Triple H said, I know why you don't want to get your arm checked. Because if we check it, you won't be cleared to compete. And essentially that was true. And so finally Triple H said, you know what? We won't check it. You take it into your own hands. Right? And that was that. And then they announced like heading into the show, like, well, we had the team look at it. it Cody's arm is broken. <laughs> which we knew. And so when you say, was it for kids to see, it was for kids, but not in the way you're saying. It was for kids because they thought that their audience couldn't put two and two together, that Cody's arm was broken. They thought they needed to visually show the cast and the sling. Like, oh, Cody's arm is broken. The whole story was Cody knew his arm was broken, but he wanted to fight Brock. So he refused to let a doctor look at him because he knew that if a doctor saw his broken arm, they wouldn't let him wrestle. And so they kind of shot their own story in the foot, which is really upsetting because it was a decent enough story, especially, you know, given that all of this has been very cartoony and very 1980s, uh, which already has limited mileage, of course. But um, yeah, so I think that that was, that was the only mistake though. I thought the match was actually interesting. Uh, Not their best bout, but it was fun. It was funny in a lot of different moments and it it was, you know, had enough action to give you a reason to watch. So I, I liked it. Yeah, I think it was fine. I didn't hate it. I just, you know, I, I just want to see them, you know, have a slobber knocker, as the great Jim Ross used to say. But um, I mean, they kind that of for did. Money they were big. they were definitely going at it pretty hard. Um, True, but and, I wanted also yeah. see like it to get vicious and like people throwing each other in the match. I want to see it bleed again. I, I don't know. Well, I'm sure that the last match, yeah, I'm sure the last match at SummerSlam, I assume SummerSlam, not Money in the Bank, will be a stipulation, be it like in a cage or something like, I'm sure they'll have a stipulation to really give, give you that kind of visualization at the very end. Um, But uh, for, for what this was, the second match to, to tie up the series, I thought it was good. Okay. I hear that. I hear that. And yeah, so you expect this, if not Money in the Bank, They'll end it in um they'll end it in SummerSlam. Oh, I very much expect it to be SummerSlam. And uh, maybe I think, we see Cody compete in the Money in the Bank or something. I think that they're gonna use that broken arm to keep Cody off of Money in the Bank officially. Again, I think I might be on the money. I think that Brock might be in Money in the Bank um as a free agent and Cody takes him out, and that's how we end up. 
But uh, maybe not. Again, they are one and one, so they don't need that. It could just be they both go their separate ways. And then Cody's like, I'm finally announces at Money in the Bank that I'm cleared to compete at SummerSlam. I want Brock Lesnar or something like that. Like he will be, of course, he will be in London. He has to be. But I'm not necessarily certain they will even want to put him in the match because if they put him in the match, people are going to want him to win the match because they want him to take the title off Roman. Uh, same thing with like when Daniel Bryan was in the Royal Rumble. Right. Uh, they don't want to put him in a position where people want to, they want, they don't want people to cheer for Cody to win something that he's not going to ultimately win. And so I think that they can use the broken arm to uh, keep him out of that match. That's my personal thought, but. All right, we'll go with that. How about Asuka and Bianca? Asuka goes out on top. She ends Bianca's year long run. And now she's the champion, Ryan, one of your favorites is the new Raw Women's Champion. How about that, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, this wasn't as good as the WrestleMania match. Uh, that's okay, though. It happens. <laughs> um, like, like I predicted, they wanted just the three-peat at WrestleMania. They didn't necessarily care about Bianca any further than that. This was definitely the right call. It, it makes Asuka a pretty solid heel as well. She used the, the mist um still right in the face yeah so i think that uh ultimately i think that this is definitely a good call um i'm excited to see what comes next uh my issue is that they're on the same show uh like you'd have to assume again it seems that all of all of our predictions and all of our analysis post this show really banks on the brand split if it is a thing or not yeah i mean who else is there on SmackDown right now? Um, nobody, obviously, because nobody. they took <laughs> they took Bianca and Asuka from Raw, who were feuding on Raw before WrestleMania, and just moved them to SmackDown to feud over the Raw <laughs> Women's Championship. So they quite literally did not bring a new challenger into this at all. Um, I guess SmackDown has... Um, I don't know. I don't know who SmackDown has. Uh, so my guess is for now, it's going to be. You want me say, to name off, right? Uh, you want me to say some names? No, I think that for now, they'll keep it Asuka Bianca because that's the only thing that makes sense. Oh, man. Again, and again, and again, and again, and again. But again, do you think that's a bad thing? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be boring. Uh, like I said, their, their second match was already not as good as their first match. Uh, right. They are tied up. Right, it's two one and one. So a rubber match at Money in the Bank is like not out of the, not out of the realm of possibility. But I do think the biggest women's match they have right now is um, Rhea and Bianca. They've made it so that if they can get their SmackDown Women's Championship to the show <laughs> she's supposed to be on, uh, then they could do that match at SummerSlam. And I think that would be a very that'd be a big marquee match, um, but they're not there yet. Um, I could see Trish dispatching uh, Becky, or well, we'll get into the Trish strategy, Becky bitch match. But I could see a way that they could get Trish into a program. Um, but again, Trish is our Raw superstar, I think. Uh, but maybe Trish wins Money in the Bank. I really don't know. I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Uh, their, their women's division. They really did just switch women's divisions. They just took the SmackDown women. <laughs> well, in fairness, not even because the SmackDown women's division before WrestleMania was Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. That was the whole thing. Uh, so they've done a very, very 
you know, very, very little to help themselves with this uh, because SmackDown really does have Bianca and Asuka, I feel. Um, now, but now that's bothering me. I'm going to look at, I'll look that up real quick while you get into the next match. And the next match is Becky Lynch and Trish. We have Becky Lynch losing this match, all thanks to somebody named Zoe Stark interfering in the match. Stratus hits the stratification, and Trish wins in Saudi Arabia. Tell me about this, and what future does it lead? And Zoe Stark, how significant is her involvement? Well, very significant uh, for Zoe Stark in that she's a brand-new NXT call-up. Uh, in my opinion, um, and I've actually written a little bit about this for Last Word on Sports, uh, she is probably the second best call-up overall of this class. This class was a very weird call-up class. Uh, some folks didn't make sense to get moved, and they did get moved. Uh, <laughs> like other who? folks, uh, well, Von Wagner is a free agent. I don't understand why they did that. Um they moved up JD McDonough, who mm-hmm. is talented enough to be sure. Um, he's you know, done a lot on Raw already, uh, but there was people who were well, way, way more established than McDonough. Indy Hartwell was the NXT Women's Champion. She kind of felt a little bit like an NXT lifer, and I think they moved her up just to create another faction for Johnny Gargano, uh, which is fine. But it, again, just a lot of very strange. Uh, <laughs> call-ups in that regard but uh there's three that i would say the crown jewel of the call-ups that they weren't mid or bad they were genuinely smart call-ups made at the right time for three very talented people would be grayson waller on smackdown zoe stark on raw and then pretty deadly uh also on smackdown a tag team and so zoe stark is a phenomenal wrestler in my opinion i love watching her wrestle i will i've loved watching her on nxt on her way out actually uh you know she she got drafted as you know uh to raw but on her way out those last few weeks she basically just had a match with everybody uh, they just said Zoe Stark versus, and they just put a woman Everybody. in the ring because they wanted every woman on their roster because they, they had a vacant title. Thanks to Indy Hartwell and, you know, Roxanne Perez, a vacant title. The, the NXT women's title has had a lot of vacancies and a lot of weird kind of stuff happen with it uh, mm-hmm. over the last five, uh, three or three, three months, really. And so to heat everybody up and make everybody look like they could be legitimately contenders for this title they all fought zoe stark uh because zoe stark is that good uh she was able to have a good match with the entire nxt women's division for the most part the main players not like the bit players she you know all the main people tiffany stratton cora jade roxanne perez etc they all had a something with zoe because zoe made everybody look good um and so I think Becky and Zoe is a good fit. I think pairing Trish with Zoe is a good fit because it gives people a reason to care about Zoe Stark. Uh, for, for people who have not watched NXT, like yourself, you said someone named Zoe Stark. For me, I was like, oh, Zoe Stark. <laughs> like, All right, well, so her name is Zoe Stark. They told us that, but what does that mean? Uh, so for folks who are not familiar with her from NXT, being with Trish gives us a reason to care. Uh, like, oh, okay, well, Trish is a Hall of Famer. Trish is doing all this great heel work. Zoe is with Trish. I, you know, I care a little bit. It gives the tag team match that they need to have with Lita. It, that makes sense now. Becky and Lita versus Zoe and Trish. It, so I think That's what all I was of that works say. well. Yeah. I see that as the major rumor going into this. That Lita oh, absolutely. Lita is going to return, and that's going to be. You know, Zoe is going to be a part of that mix, at least in the beginning. And then where they go with it is where they go with it. Uh, but to step back away from the ending with Zoe Stark, um, although just last thing, if you 
didn't watch the match, watch it. And if even if you did, fast forward to when Zoe gets involved. That move, uh, it's it's her finishing move. But she uh, obviously usually goes for the pin. Z thirty six. Yeah, but instead the way oh, sorry, she hit sorry, it, the Z three sixty. Yeah, yeah. The way she hit it and then spun it, it spun to be tossed her in the ring. It was just so seamless. I thought I was really impressed by that. It was like a tiny thing, but I thought that was really cool looking. Uh, anyway, um, the match itself, a lot of people didn't like this match. I thought this was a fun match. I mean, Trish Stratus, uh, I know they made this a talking point of the feud, and I don't think that they meant this on purpose, but this is just true. Trish Stratus is not as good as we remember her being. She's also not as. Good. Are you saying over most overrated superstar? No, 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 no. God no. Um, she was leaps and bounds better than anything WWE had produced at ever. the time. Ever, oh, uh, ever. At, the, okay. at, at that time, yeah, ever at that time. Um, she isn't as. I mean, besides the fact that she's almost freaking fifty years old, uh, she. Uh, <laughs> there isn't anything like she. She was even when she wasn't almost fifty years old. She wasn't as good as the talent that WWE has in the women's division now. <laughs> That's just a fact. Lita is the same way. And Trish is better than Lita. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So like, you know, they're the two best by leaps and bounds for their era. Um, I shouldn't say by leaps and bounds. There's other folks, Molly, Holly, et cetera, who are also very good. But they were the two best very visibly. Um, but they were still nowhere near as good as the folks nowadays. Um, but they wrestled a simple match. Um, she did excellent heel work in the ring. I mean, thank you, Trish, on the back of her gear. It's just hysterical. Um, <laughs> she took her little scarf off and just had thank you, Trish, and pink on the back. Um I thought the match looked cool. The Kill Bill outfit, all that was great. Yeah, that was, was awesome. I thought it was Kill wrestled really, was really well. Cool. And it was cool because it didn't feel like it sometimes feels like like Asuka's, no offense to Asuka. But hers looked weird. <laughs> you know, the velvet blue. And I, I thought it looked cool for her character, but like it was very clear that she was wearing that because of the venue. Right. Mm-hmm. She was wearing that because they were in Saudi Arabia. But Trish is I mean, Trish used to wrestle with a little bit more clothing, actually, surprisingly. Um, and like again, it, they looked great. It didn't look like a Saudi thing, like at all. And I thought the match was simple and effective. It, you know, Trish was the cheating heel. Becky was the uh, fired up baby face, introduced Zoe Sark to a larger audience. I think it was perfectly done. One of my favorite overall segments of the show, actually, because I was into the match when it started because of the build. They kept me where they needed to keep me during the match when they wrestled. And at the end, they gave me something interesting to carry the story into the next few weeks. No doubt about that. And that's going to be very interesting to see as things move forward. Now we had Gunther and Mustafa Ali go at it. And got to beat that ass. Tell me about that ass. Boy. Oh, but he didn't. Not like I predicted. I think that might have been okay, match he, of the he, night. He, you really think so? Ali I did mean, great. Well, I thought Ali, I thought Gunther was the one who was in control for most of it. And Ali somebody who was great. resilient like Ali, that was cool. And, you know, I know we got some kickouts in there, but. Um, yeah, he did great. He hit, the bolt, he hit both those splashes. It was, it was weird because, like, again, 
it never looked like Gunther was going to lose. I didn't buy any, like maybe one time that they have a near falls. Like that would have been interesting. But like most of the times, like even the near falls that Gunther did, and he had near falls. He did kick out a two a couple times. True, uh, but true. But he really did dominate at least at the beginning, especially the beginning, once he hit his, hit his chops. But, um, and he pushed I back. But I good. guess maybe it's like that vision of, you know, just seeing him getting beat so early, maybe, um, you know, you're just. Well, he definitely played the underdog. There, he but... played the he played the underdog, yeah. of course, Ollie did. But I think he played a very good underdog, and I think he also got showcased himself quite a bit. I think they gave him a lot of time to work with, and a lot of offense to work in, uh, a lot of creative ways to defend against Gunther as well. You know. And so uh, I, I really do think that this was better than most of the other matches. Uh, I mean, thinking of match of the night, what else is there? Maybe it's probably Seth AJ is the only other one, right? It's yeah. one of those two. And so, because uh, again, Asuka and Bianca, in my opinion, did under-deliver compared to what may have been matched. I mean, I wasn't on that. And a lot of people said that was match of the night at Mania. I went with Charlotte, Rhea. I think that was the best match at WrestleMania because Charlotte is my, you know, my friend and my girl. And so, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that, again, a genuine case that this was the most interesting and most entertaining in-ring match of the night. Couldn't have cared less about it going into it because it's Ali. He wasn't going to win. Uh, I didn't even think he'd get to hit Gunther, so I was pleasantly surprised about that. But, uh, yeah, there was no build. This was ice cold, but the Saudi crowd was pretty hot for Ali, which maybe that's why they didn't build it. They knew that they're going to have the, the Saudi crowd cheering for Ali and cheering for Gunther uh, right. just because they were seeing them. But uh, yeah, and it, it got Ali uh, a featured role in NXT. He's going to be going, it seems like he's going to go after Wesley's North American Championship, which is it's something to do, right? Uh, it, those would be very good matches because Wesley's been consistently the hardest worker on the WWE roster um, the last, you know, however, 200 days he's been champion. And so Ali, if he can do what he did with Gunther with Wes, that'll be freaking awesome matches on NXT. So, and also the ends well. And speaking of NXT, quickly, you saw Baron Corbin making an appearance. It looks like he's going after the NXT champion. Yeah, I don't love that it's Baron Corbin. Uh, I think that there's uh, other people who need it more. Um, Karrion Cross comes to mind. Uh, he could play a similar role. He's much larger than the current champion, as is Corbin. Uh, so it would be a similar match, you know, a, a larger heel versus a smaller cruiserweight babyface and Carmelo Hayes. Um, but I think that Cross, A, he has that NXT lineage as a former NXT champion. And also, Corbin, no offense. No he, one likes he's, you. He's not, it's not that I don't like him, but he's not going to be rehabilitated. Corbin is going to be a mid-card guy, maybe upper mid-card guy. That was his ceiling before. It's his ceiling now. They have a chance to reheat Cross and maybe get a main event run out of him. Uh, that was the plan, and it's never come to fruition. So if it were me, I would throw him down, not Corpse, but that is what it is. All right, I hear that. And now for a... a, a definite squash to say the least Rhea defeats Natalia so what do you think of it with the help of Dominic Mysterio playing so good distraction so good in this so good um like I said we we made a joke that the the crown prince really loves to see Natalia um I think 
because she's been on a lot of these shows. Uh, I, I definitely texted you that. I think I said on the show. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. She's she's often on these Saudi Arabian shows, and they kind of messed with that expectation a little bit. Because usually she, you know, gets the match. Like, I was kind of thinking it'd be like Zelina Vega. Like, she'd have a, a brief moment where, oh, my God, she's going to do it. Lock in that sharpshooter. Be like, oh, my God, Tentai's going to do it. And then Rhea dominates the end of the match. But this was so much better. Um, it made Rhea look awesome. Made Dom look Weasley. And, I mean, Natalia looks approximately the way she looks when she got there. Um, so that, and there's not, I mean, in a perfect world, everybody looks better, but since mm-hmm. that's not the world we live in, I think having Natalia looked the same, but you know, with, with no loss in Natalia, you've made Rhea look even better and Dom look even better. Um, I think that that's the, all you can ask for in a wrestling match uh, or a wrestling segment, not really a match, was it? But, um, oh. I would like to point out that. <laughs> Uh, not to keep bringing up AEW, but uh, there's a group there, a very talented tag team called. I was the just about to ask this. I yeah. was looking it up on Twitter right now, so I know what you're going with this. Tell yeah. us. So uh, uh, Max Caster uh, does a rap on the way to the ring, a freestyle. Usually, it's topical uh, about and his opponents, and about and culture. That? And what's and that team called? The Acclaimed uh, is the name of the tag team. It's with uh, Daddy Max Ass. Ca- yeah, it's Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, and yeah, uh, Billy Gunn is daddy ass. Um, daddy. <laughs> uh, and so uh, they came out and he, they, Buddy Matthews, Ray Ripley's surprise, uh, actual partner in real life, that's mm-hmm. not Dominic, um, <laughs> was running down, you know, Buddy Matthews and his team. And when he got to Buddy, he said, uh, your girl's being, uh, are you, like your girl's being cucked on, or you being cucked by some kid named Dominic, right? Being yeah. cucked on TV by some kid named Dominic, something to that effect. And then Ray Ripley responded on Twitter, tweeting at Dominic, "Looks like we got over in two promotions," which I thought oh. was a really good, which is I thought was a really good response to that because, like, yeah, you put my you put my name in your mouth on AEW television. It's because Literally I'm the biggest Dominic. I'm the biggest thing in wrestling. Like her and Dom are so hot right now in wrestling that even AEW had to mention them. Uh, you know what I mean? And so I thought that was very interesting. And I, I, but again, it's not the match. I mean, Ray is a very good wrestler, but it's not the matches that are giving them this credibility. It's part of it. But part of it is stuff like this. And you have to yeah, remember to do stuff like work. this. Yeah, you have to do stuff like this. You have to have this dominance of Ray Ripley and this absolute weaseliness of, of Dominic Mysterio. And so sometimes, sometimes you draw the Natalia straw and you have to go out there in front of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and just get worked. And, but it's for <laughs> the greater, it's for the greater good. It makes the show more interesting. It makes some of the wrestlers more interesting. Um, right. It'll make an actual match with someone like Bianca or Charlotte again, or Becky or Trish. It'll make that all the more, uh, in, you know, all the more fun and entertaining because we had this stop along the way where they absolutely destroyed Natalia. So um, I thought it was great. Again, you can't say it was like match of the night or anything. It wasn't, but it was very fun. I enjoyed it. I laughed. It was kind of funny. Um, and that was, that's all, you, you know, you want to laugh a little bit when you watch wrestling. So, that's all you could do nowadays. That's all you can do. And there was some legit good stuff. Um, is there anything else in the world of wrestling you want to mention? And, you know, you have any early money in the bank predictions? I mean, we're seeing now who's going to qualify. We've got Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura thus far, the only two qualified. Um, 
I don't believe either one of them is going to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, I would love it. To, I would love for it to be LA Knight or Drew McIntyre, maybe. You know me. I'm just trying to. I want Drew to get back on TV, and so yeah, <laughs> whatever they have to a... promise him. Uh, but I don't know. I I don't know because. You, you know whoever wins it. So the the, win, the last few winners have been Austin Theory. Yep. And what's he been doing lately? Well, he's U- US champion, I know he's the U.S. But, um, champion, but his push teams his push seems to get lower and lower. And what John Cena apparently said to him, both off screen and on screen, is true. You suck. No one cares. You, you have to do suck. something great. Um, but and, you know, paraphrasing. Yeah. Let me get let me get the list up here, and I apologize that I don't have these memorized. But uh, take your time. The but the Austin few. theory, it's not working right now. That dude is coming off no, as just some. It's not working. Some, he's coming off as just some pretty boy who's the champion right now. No connection with the audience. John Cena was right. He was pretty facts, and your match with the great one did not levitate you, man. Yeah, uh, so he I'm, has to lose the title and hit the humble juice. The sell the selfie the selfie stuff was okay, I guess. It's very Gen X, the Gen X, Gen Z. But this guy is uh, just some pretty boy right now. Well, I don't think that a pretty boy is a problem. Uh, no, I, but a pretty I, boy I, with no character is. Well, I think pretty boy can be a character. I mean, look at not. I mean, there's, well, he's there's, doing a bad the job. Cur- with it. The charisma gap between these two people is wide. So please do not come at me for saying this. But Rick Rude's character was, I'm hot. Your wife wants. <laughs> he wasn't to bang. even that hot. No, your wife. No, but I mean, hot. for for the time period, yeah, <laughs> sure. But his his thing was, I'm hot, and your wife wants to bang me. That was his entire. <laughs> character. That was his entire character, and yes. he said it outright, essentially. And we saw some very cancelable stuff. Yeah, but he he was super over. He was. Uh, I mean, he's a fixture of WWE lore. He's a legend. He's a legend. Right. Uh, I mean, that theme song, like the whole presentation, it was just perfect. So if he's going to be cocky frat boy Gen Z, then do it for real. Don't the, the character now. The issue is the character is I'm like the next John Cena, right? Right. That was his character for a while, and it he's doesn't try him. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not. It's not a good character. People didn't want the first John Cena, so uh, the next one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. But um, so I, I pulled this up. So uh, Baron Corbin won in twenty seventeen. Braun Strowman in twenty eighteen. Oh, they both did not win their championship match. Is um, out to say the least. But they didn't win. I'm saying they cashed in and did not win. Oh, no, I'm Brock just saying now won. though though they are. On the irrelevant well, poll right now. I mean, Bronx, I guess tag teams. He's doing his thing. Uh, the Miz won it off of Otis, who then won the match to lose to. I mean, the Miz won in 2021. He was he cashed in successfully, but he didn't win the match. 2021 was a fluke year because again, Otis got it when AJ dropped it. I actually just rewatched that match. It was very very funny because of how bad it was. Um, 2022. Uh, then Biggie was next, twenty twenty two. That worked. Um, that worked. Ish, it kind of worked a little bit. Um, and then Austin Theory. So we're looking here. We've got three winners of the last five, or three successful cash ins of the last five. 
Mm-hmm. And one of those successful cash-ins did not actually win Money in the Bank. They took the briefcase off of Otis. Uh, not Otis, not Otis Doja, you know, his Chad Gable protege wrestler guy. Otis, like the, you know, oh, yeah, Otis. Uh, so this gimmick needs some real star power to it. Which is why the folks, and I get why they're saying it, but the folks were like, let's give it to Logan Paul. Oh, no. Or Dominic Mysterio. I don't believe, I mean, Logan Paul is a better shot than Dominic Mysterio, in fairness, but I don't believe either of those guys, for as good as they would be as heels with the, with the briefcase, I don't see either one of them actually winning the title. Logan and that, Paul, man, in you know, if I, I'm not problem. a wrestler, I would, I would hate his guts so much. <laughs> it's like, why do I bother doing this career? If it just shows, if you're just a TikToker, you could just take my shit away from me. Yeah, but Logan is a very good wrestler. True, but no one cares about your prime, or um, you. I know you can he inspire the prime, fi- dude. Oh, that's that's literally the people I've literally heard people say that is the worst electoral oh, sure of all time. It's shit. Logan I know you inspire people between yeah. the ages of ten and twenty, ten to twenty one. But like, I don't see the problem. Um, uh, I, I think, don't know, again, man. It's just like the optics. At least with Logan Bad Bunny, has, we know what he's going for. Like, it's well, no, truly a one off. But, yeah. but 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 Logan, but Bad Bunny is not. Like if Logan Again, Paul was a WWE champion, you think that'd be a good thing? You don't want to hear that, this. What does that say? What but does Bad that say Bunny about is WWE? Not even half as good as Logan Paul. Of course, and he's he's has Logan more Paul is a good things, wrestler. And he, know, and he knows himself. Well, yeah, he's like, also making millions as a musician. Why would he want to be WWE champion? But exactly, Logan, Logan Paul's Paul, good at this. Exactly. So why why can't he just stick to a normal schedule? That's all I'm saying. Like what like what's it? What's why? What's Roman Reigns doing? What is Roman Reigns doing? Hey, he comes at least if there's ten. Sh- if there's at least he's coming, showing up for the next ten weeks. Yeah, I'm sorry, he's coming. Weeks. He's going. He showed up for ten shows in two months. Yeah, Logan, Paul Logan, Logan has Logan has absolutely done a stint. No, he didn't wrestle, but he's absolutely done a stint of like five shows, six shows in a row. Uh, I don't. Again. My th- my point though is not so much that he should be champion. I think he would be an excellent. Money in the bank holder in the same vein as Dominic Mysterio, as they would be insufferable heels and they would be very funny holding that briefcase. But ultimately, they would lose when they cashed in. And I think that that's the issue. And then when you add in the fact that Roman Reigns is not getting cashed in, huh? you know what I mean? Doesn't seem to like, be. Listen, if Logan Paul like has a legit schedule, then fine, but. Um, uh, we, we if not he's just schedules. gonna show up he's, once every three months. Logan is Logan is making tons of money. He, I'm sure he has other things going on. Uh, but I don't. Again, I don't think he should be WWE champion. I think the whole or world heavyweight champion. And again, that's the main issue is that whoever wins this briefcase is going for the world heavyweight championship because the WWE championship, the undisputed thing, is is off the map. Roman has taken it away. By the way, WWE makes, acknowledge that they truly are combined title now. No, because like really. technically. They you could really. technically have three. You could have three. No, I um, think they're, 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 they're they are combined, but Roman is holding the, both of them. Okay. Um, and so, th- to me, the gimmick hasn't worked in a long time. Um, Money in the bank, but it's also 
but it is one of the most exciting gimmicks they have. So and a lot of people saying get rid of it. I disagree entirely because it's I do too. people get very excited about Money in the Bank. You just need to do it right. Yeah. Uh, and this year is going to be hard to do because this year you cannot have – I mean, honestly, this year, as much as it doesn't make sense, Cody should win it. And for some reason, not cash in at SummerSlam. Maybe Brock attacks him after the match. And he says, well, I could fight Roman at SummerSlam, but I've got one last showdown with, you know, whatever. And then mm-hmm. say, he can even say, like, I'm cashing in against Roman Reigns at uh, WrestleMania 40. Like, he can even do it right after he wins. Pre-cash in. They've done it before. Rob Van Dam did it. Braun Strowman did it. John Cena, I think, did it. Like, people have done that. Uh, but he's the only guy that makes sense. And, it, again, it makes sense because that he's on Raw, but he wants to smack down titles, so he uses money bank to get to it. It doesn't – like, the LA Knights uh, would be awesome if it was him. But he's not It's too beating, bad they don't care. He's not about. beating Roman Reigns. He's just not. Gunther's not beating Roman Reigns. Like, he's just not. So they could do it and then go after Seth, maybe. But I think more than likely, it, just give it to – there's one guy who makes sense. I'd say you just give it to him, which is real boring. And it takes away all of the fun of Money in the Bank. But Yeah, we'll have to see, man. I think if you're going to do it between – if you want to have the chicken shit heel, definitely give it to Dominic because at least – But he's not going to win. There. He does that. That's use. It's wasting. A but it, year. yeah, it's is if we're going to look at Money in the Bank as whoever gets it is your next champion, then yeah, you have to pick somebody. We worthy, have to because you know? of but the last I, five, only three have success. Like only th- only two have successfully won the thing and cashed in, and then the Miz got his all. He stole it from Otis. But so of the last five, <laughs> only two winners have cashed in successfully. Well, they could say this in the last three. And it was by it, way, the last three. Brock Lesnar. Was the one last, of those winners. The last two, uh, I mean, it's up to them to decide what they want to do. But of course, I mean, the last just, three Royal me, Rumbles haven't been haven't won. Yeah, you know, but that have, was different. Everyone was treated as serious competitors. Mm-hmm. They, they were they were seen as. I mean, Dominic is not real. He's. We, we had our succession talk. Dominic <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> He is a <laughs> Nepo baby. And seriously, I mean, he's actually. Oh yeah, he didn't even well. do a developmental that. He's, yeah. he's he a Nepo a baby, and I don't mean in real life. He's very talented, but his character is like he's Rey Mysterio's brat son. That is his entire character. Yeah, he that, didn't even go through a developmental territory. Well, that, they just let him that's in. That's real. That's the real world. We're not talking about that part. I'm talking about just character-wise, you know, not Dominic Mysterio the performer, but Dominic Mysterio the character on TV. His two characters are sleeps with Rhea Ripley, is a brat is. You know, Rey Mysterio's brat son. Yeah, yeah. I and know, so I he's not serious. He's not a serious challenge to Seth. He's not a serious challenge to Roman. Giving it to him will give me a laugh. It'll give you a laugh. Mm-hmm. It will not result in anything particularly interesting with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Again, at least Logan Paul, you could see him outside chance winning against Seth Rollins. You could see WWE being crazy enough to be like, ah, we might, he could be world heavyweight champion. So for he could a few go on Jimmy Fallon to show yeah, off the belt. Exactly. You could see it. And so suddenly you've got that same brat heel with the shot at winning. And that's what I mean. But the problem is the shot at winning is only coming at Seth Rollins' expense because they're not taking off Roman Reigns. And that means more than likely a SmackDown superstar is not winning money in the bank. So that means more than likely we're not seeing LA Knight, right? We're not going to see you know, AJ Styles. We're not going to see any of them uh, win this match. Um, Edge, Rey Mysterio, like that's not who's going to win this match. 
um, because that's not who they're building toward. Um, they, they're building toward Raw. So, hey man, listen if if they could pull it off, and for the sake of seeing wrestling Twitter just explode on itself, if Logan Paul becomes a world heavyweight championship at WWE. I'll take it in that sense. Secondary but, title. Who cares? But um, <laughs> I guess that's, that's the one thing with wrestling. Who cares? David Arquette held that title. There. David Arquette <laughs> held that same title. So. I guess so. And look what happened. It literally bankrupted yeah. the company. <laughs> that's a very so. good point, Matt. Very good point. <laughs> Historically well, we'll, didn't end well. So we'll, we'll see. And maybe, I, I, mean, I don't know. It's, 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 it's weird. I just don't think he's, He's deserved it, but you do have to stir the pot every once in a while. And I'll take the um my hesitations. You're going with Dom though, huh? That's that's who you think they're going with? No, I don't I don't think he deserves it either. I just don't think Logan Paul, the celebrity who shows up when he wants, huh. should be the money in the bank. Because I again you would there's no there's no WWE superstar who signed with the company who in a non kayfabe way will say, Yeah, this is pretty BS. I lose out to Logan Paul, the guy who made vines while I was working at some high school gym in front of 10 people, getting my ass beat to get called up. And then I just have this guy come Celebr- in his prime water. The celebrities are good for the, the, the media, in my opinion. I don't think he should win. Um, and cause it's cause I still don't think he'll win the title. I think they need a, they need a real contender to win this title yeah. and cash in successfully because um, it's been too long. And I th- unfortunately, the only person that describes right now is Cody Rose. Mm-hmm. So. And you, you want to do something more than just everybody t- taking a turn holding the world championship. So yeah, we will see how this all unfolds. Well, thank you again, Ryan. Night of thank Champions you. of the books. Let yes. us hope these stories progress. And I would guess... In about four weeks from now, we will do the Money in the Bank preview and see how we'll see what a difference a month makes. Yep. See, see who's in that match. See, see, see if we can find the Logan Paul and Logan Paul. Oh man, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll you know what? I will also do it for for podcast algorithm sakes. I think if you do, let me if you hashtag Logan Paul, it's probably the at least hundreds of thousands. So, why? Well, hey. Anything's to the, uh, uh, on the table. I think he that. could win the. I think he could win the money in the bank. I think it wouldn't be the worst idea. <laughs> All right, looking forward to see what happens. Thanks, Ryan. All right, talk to you later, Matt. The very best when it comes to talking wrestling. Ryan, great job as always. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcasts on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all our social media platforms or on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdComopod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. And we're on Facebook at Productive Conversations. Watch us on YouTube as well at Productive Conversations. So we are back tomorrow as we begin our coverage of the NBA Finals. This NBA postseason, out of the three we have covered so far since this show launched, definitely has been the best. There have been a lot of significant moments, major storylines, and ultimately an amazing experience if you're a basketball fan. And when the season is so long and it drags on and load management gets in the way and it seems like the star 
players don't care to an extent. They just know if they get in the playoffs, that's where they can really ball. This, the NBA postseason, when everybody brings their best stuff, it leads to a great, great experience for everybody watching. And now we are at the top of the mountain, the top of this journey, the NBA Finals, the Denver Nuggets versus the Miami Heat. Denver tries to win their first ever NBA Finals. Miami tries to win their fourth. And wow. Two franchises with two very different stories, but are very interesting coming into this matchup. So we will cover the NBA Finals mostly after every game. We have a specific schedule there, but we are going to go much harder than ever and soak in as much of the finals as we can this postseason. So the crew will be back. The productive basketball crew will be back tomorrow. And let us start the NBA Finals journey together, right? It's going to be a great time. Thank you to Ryan Page for coming on to talk all things Night of Champions with me. We will definitely have them back for money in the bank which is about four weeks away thank you to alex de jesus aka Doloren, for what he does behind the scenes for the show and i want to thank you the greatest fans and listeners in the world for always supporting us and always being there we appreciate each and every single one of you and in return we'll give you nothing but great content my name is matt brown i am the host of the productive conversations podcast and i will see you tomorrow don't forget to check in on your friends and family and NBA Finals coverage 24 hours from now. All right, we'll see you very soon. I love you all. Peace.